Hello, friends. Welcome to the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. This is episode 95, and we are continuing our conversation around a liturgy for life. And this week, the focus is on ourselves or the self. Uh, so I have Jen Ostash Gooch with me again, uh, my friend and colleague. Uh, and we are going to have a fun discussion, I guess, I hope, <laughs> about this. Uh, so let me just walk us through uh, what our focus is. Uh, the scripture focus is actually really two stories um, in John 3, 14 to 21 and Numbers 21 verses 4 to 9. And the the number story is this really bizarre story about people getting bit by poisonous snakes uh, or fire snakes. I, I just preached a sermon on this. You can go, I talked about WandaVision in the sermon. And uh, <laughs> if you want to go listen to that, you can go find that on uh, Prairie's uh our church's YouTube channel. Uh, And so basically like each person is bitten by a snake and then they uh, get healed by looking at the uh, image of the bronze image of a snake on a pole. Uh, And there's tons to unpack. So go watch the sermon. Um, But then this is used in John's gospel to talk about how Jesus, the same way uh, the serpent was lifted up on the pole, Jesus will be lifted up and everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So this week, we are kind of asking like, what has bitten me or from what do I need saving or or in what way do I need healing? Uh, And so our focus is on your relationship with yourself, which can be a really difficult focus. Um. So Jen is going to give us all the answers. Yeah. All. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, really great to be with you all again this week. Um, so yeah, the self, it's certainly, um, we see in society a lot more focus on these types of practices these days, or at least I'm noticing more of this happening in all sorts of realms. But um, our, our first day of this is, uh, is the, the practice of being present with yourself. And I think this is something that people are so uncomfortable with. You know, you get together um, with a friend and sometimes there's like just moments of silence, but you can often tell some, sometimes people just feel they have to fill those silent moments. They're, they're uncomfortable with silence. And I think being with ourselves is a certainly that type of a practice. Um, For me, it is something I've been practicing for a long time, uh, definitely a lot more intentionally in the past months. Um, So it's a lot more comfortable than it used to be, but there's been certain moments of uh, kind of illumination about who I am and and how how much God loves me and and learning how to be receptive to God's love. um, That's very uncomfortable so I, I acknowledge how uncomfortable this really can be. Um, what, so let me, why don't you tell, tell everyone what you think, like, what do you think it actually means to be present to yourself? Like, that's the way we phrased it was take time to be present to yourself. Um, what do okay. you, like, what does that mean for you? And I'll, and then I'll say what I think it means. Okay. I'll uh, give uh, the answer and then I'll, I'll try to correct the answer if, if need yeah, be. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> That's not really it. I would, I'd have to say that this has definitely evolved. Um, 
it, it was a practice in my younger twenties where it was learning how to take care of myself. So like the things of self-care of being like going to the gym or, uh, going for a tan, that was like a huge thing. A girlfriend of mine, we gym tan coffee. That was what we did. Um, but those are acts of self-care, uh, doing things to make myself feel good. So getting my hair done, like it was a lot of very superficial things, but it really did help me learn how to look in the mirror and be okay and love myself. So there, there was that level of it. Um, as I mentioned about the evolution of this, I think there's been more of a stripped away, um, being present with myself. Um, especially where I now have children and a husband versus being a solo person. Um, it's, it's very different to be present by myself. It's hard because I have people around a lot. Um, but to take time to then acknowledge like when everything is stripped away, who am I? And can I look in the mirror and see myself and be cool with myself? Um, or can I acknowledge that? Yep. I like, even when I, okay. So even in my moments where I'm being present with myself, I'm not alone. I'm, I really can sense that God's presence is with me. Um, and I'm really, really, um, entangled and wrapped up and held by God's love. Um, so that's, that would be like my level of presence now. Um, and some of the things that have come up have been recognizing like, my outward behaviors, uh, my reactions to things and learning how to recognize the wounds that have kind of caused those things. So we were talking before about, you know, like our inner child and, and that, um, uh, one person was talking about how like receiving criticize criticism throughout most of their life, they were not able, like, it's really a struggle now to receive a compliment or to not turn it somehow twisted into being a criticism. Um, but really what that's about is like the wounded inner child within. So there's this like encountering of my inner child that I'm like getting to know. And I think I'm moving towards a season where I need to learn how to be playful. Um, my experience, my parents divorced at a really young age. I grew up extremely fast. I helped parent my brother and um, I'm a fairly serious person. I like to have fun, but I'm not just foolhardy and carefree. And so I think I need to give myself that gift, uh, which, which actually I'm going to say that that's my confession thing. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think one like one of the things I'm always uh, worried about is like, does this just sound like is this just sort of woo woo like uh, somewhere in the clouds like oh let's all get in touch with ourselves like I that, I'm not that kind of person at all like no but I I want to be pushing on that God well and I'm going to preach on this this Sunday so stay tuned folks. Um, for a more fleshed out, you know, concept of this, but I'll be looking at the covenant that, you know, uh, in that he says in Jeremiah, let me just quickly get to it. Um, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Uh, after those days says the Lord, I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they say to one another or say to each other, know the Lord because 
for they shall all know me. So I think like this going within and knowing God within us is knowing ourselves. We can't, I think that's the point is like, it can't be separate. And, and then I want to connect with how, um, you know, Paul receives the vision of, um, of the blanket of food, like a picnic, basically of all sorts of food that he had been taught. You can't eat this, but God is like, go freely eat. Like there's the flow of, um, you know, I'm, I'm including all now God says. So if, if, if all are included and everybody has that written on our hearts, sure. People who have these constructs and myself included of this is how things operate. It does feel woo woo ish, but I don't know. I I mean, I would, I would challenge people who think this is kind of not really sort of real, um, like including myself, who I, I, I'm always suspect of like, uh, not necessarily going within, but, but, um, I, I'm sometimes suspect of like, of, uh, yeah, th- like a, a sentence, like I think I wrote this sentence, take time to be present to yourself. I'm suspect of that sentence, which is why the second sentence is, as Jesus reminded you to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, spend time noticing each of these elements. Because I think we, and I'm I'm saying we as Christians, like more like traditional Christians, mm-hmm. um, often we don't actually pick things like that apart and realize, okay, so why does the scripture talk about loving God with heart, soul, mind, and strength? Why doesn't it just say love God? Why doesn't it, uh, and, and why is it that like you might have certain parts of the tradition that have really emphasized heart, like I'm going to accept Jesus into my heart, or mm-hmm. we, I've had like this amazing experience of the Holy Spirit as a very kind of heart thing. And then mm-hmm. other traditions like my own Presbyterian, which would emphasize the mind a lot, like we're going to think our way into a proper belief and things like that. Um, but then we almost kind of like ignored like soul. What is that? And the strength is the body. And we have we have a pretty bad reputation of kind of ignoring the body when it comes to religion. Mm-hmm. Um so even noticing like all of those things is all part of who we are as people, like how who we are as selves. Like, um, like we even put in here, like notice if you have aches or pains and accept each part of yourself. So I think we're sort of like I, when people talk about like embodied practices, I it's sort of like a, oh, I don't know, but maybe it's because I'm a Presbyterian minister and it's like, well, I want to preach on a text and. Um, yeah. But we actually do need embodied practices and we just need to unpack for people. Well, what does that actually mean? Like, what does it mean to have an embodied practice? Well, I went for a walk today. That's an embodied (laughs) practice. My body was walking in the, in the forest and that's part of my um, way of helping me to be in a space to, to have gratitude for who I am. That's helping me make peace with myself. Um, and but I actually need to get moving to do that. Like I actually need to be doing something with my body. So when you hear things like like if you're one of those people who have trouble with this, you're probably not listening to a spirituality podcast. But if you are someone who uh, who has trouble with this kind of stuff, because that's almost why I started the podcast. Because I often have trouble with some of the language that comes around spirituality until I start to delve into well, what is that language, and then realize, oh, okay, this is what embodied practice means. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what soul means. Like what, why does the Bible encourage us to love God with our soul, not just with our heart? 
Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? Like knowing who you really are and realizing that God loves you who you are is also a big part of loving God. Like you need to accept yourself in order to realize that you are accepted. Like, the, so all these things are very, very connected, I think. Um, and, uh, and I need to accept that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. It's extremely connected. It's all like, I don't know. I just like keep getting this image. So uh, before I continue with that, I have to say I, I born and raised pretty much born and raised in the Presbyterian church myself. I have, you know, laughed at the concept of like be us being nicknamed as the frozen chosen. Um, but I also know I've had numerous conversations with other people who we may not exemplify this embodiment of our spirituality, uh, in, in, in like the sanctuary during worship, we just stand there and, you know, do our thing, but people have dynamic spiritual lives where they encounter the spirit and it's profound. Um, and so I'm really grateful for the people who I've had in my life that have taught me like that that is okay. Uh, because I definitely felt weird, um, an outlier of what I was seeing around me. Um, but I couldn't deny like the truth of what was occurring. Um, you said, I wonder what that looks like, or, um, a few moments ago. And that's something, uh, like regarding like, what does it look like to love God with your soul or something like that? That's a question I've been asking a lot recently is, well, what does that look like? Because this is all kind of new. I'm discovering things, you know, in a different depth of who God is. And I think that when we, um, because we are created in God's image, being present with ourself is helping to understand a deeper depth of who God is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving this and I'm, I'm loving the feedback that we're hearing from people about these practices. We're really grateful for uh, all, all of your comments and, and messages and things too. I'm really interested in the con- the confession day. I know you kind of drifted into that a little bit, but I I also wanted to say there's um we had we had a small group that kind of talked about this uh, previously to recording this, and um, I talked with them a little bit about sort of the traditional modes, like some things, some reflections on the self. I think someone had mentioned right away. It seems like selfish. Like why are we focusing on ourselves? And that's like part of our tradition is to try to be God focused and other focused. So I think that's there's some dissonance there to like why are we talking about ourselves? Why are we focused on ourselves? Um, and I pointed out that there's actually some traditional modes that do focus on ourselves, and they often lead to in a way, a negative way of approaching ourselves. And this is trying to, I think this week, these set of practices are trying to undo some of that. So confession is one of those where, and I do this automatically, and I think it's because I've kind of been embedded in that tradition, is that confession is really like me feeling bad about something I've done, right? And and then going to God and saying, I'm really sorry, I did this, I did that, and I'm really sorry about it. Um, and, you know, asking for forgiveness, that's sort of the traditional confession. Uh, I think the trouble we have is that while sometimes we really do need to do that, like, I think if I hurt you, I, I really should go to you and apologize and ask for forgiveness. Like, I think, absolutely. um, (laughs) but I think the challenge is, is that when we do that in our devotional life or in our spiritual life with God, we often don't complete we, we often don't complete receiving the forgiveness or receiving the grace that God gives. So yeah. it can be really healing to confess in a very traditional sort of way. 
but only I think if we somehow are, are really receiving the grace. Um, so this practice is actually more focused on what is the thing that is blocking you from receiving the grace rather than what is the thing that you have done that you need to confess? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where our real problem comes in is not so much that a lot of us like might have guilty consciences and we have no problem identifying things that we, where we've messed up and we have no problem going to God and saying, I'm sorry. But our problem is, is that we actually haven't let those things go. Um, right. And we haven't actually accepted ourselves. So So this practice asks you, you know, what is it? Pray to God, ask, help me to understand what is stopping me from accepting myself or seeing myself as beloved. You know, what might be blocking you? What might you need to let go of? Um, And then a little bit later, we have another practice as well of intercession, um, which also has a very traditional mode um, that people don't think we do a lot of prayer of intercession for ourselves. It's usually thought of as prayer for others. Um, but actually we do a lot of prayer of intercession for ourselves. We do, we do tons of God, please help me with whatever, um, whatever it is that we're working on. Oh, oh, this home renovation project is going terrible. God help me. Like that's, uh, we, we pray those prayers all the time. Um, whatever it is, big things, little things, we're always praying for God's help for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but in our resource, what we've done is we've made that, uh, a more of a reflective time to, to invite God into what are you honestly struggling with and what do you really need? So not those little prayers that you're just always shooting up, oh, please help me, but what is it that that, that is your real need right now? And taking time to really pray what, what you're going through and really entrusting it over to God. Because lots of times we're praying for help and help isn't always necessarily even the best prayer either. No. Um, because it's sort of like, I'm still the one who is in charge here. God, if you can just give me, like, I'm good on 90%. If you can give me 10% help, then I'll, then I'll get there. Absolutely. Um, lots of our prayers are sometimes kind of like that. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of jumped all over the place there, but. Okay, I'm going to jump back because sure. I do want to comment. I have something that has been a recurring thing that every once in a while I remember, and it just, it pains me. It makes my, it breaks my heart. When I was a kid, um, a teenager, uh, I was, you know, in the phase of hating my mom and thank the Lord. It was a very brief stint. But there was one morning and it just kills me. Uh, She dropped me off in the morning for my jazz band practice and off to work she went. And she tried really hard to reach out and say, I love you and tried to give me a kiss goodbye. And I just like had none of it, grabbed my stuff, slammed the door in her face and left. And it's just, and I've confessed it to God. I've confessed it to my mom. I've tried to let, like, let that go. And everything is obviously great with my mom and I, but I, it still pains me. So there's still things that can come up. And so I think that anytime we have like these recurring things, it's okay to continue, you know, be like, oh, I thought I dealt with that. Allow God's grace to continue to wash over it. That's all I want to say about that. I think too, there's a danger too, because you can also, um, you can overthink this too, right? Obviously you can overthink all of this, but you can, um, you can end up, getting caught in like that story, for instance, Mm -hmm. why does this keep coming up for me? And then you can feel bad about, Oh, I'm letting this thing, like this thing is getting in my way and I'm not able to let it go. And now you're feeling bad about like, Oh yeah, please don't do that. Right. You're feeling shame for (laughs) 
not being able to let it go. And now it's like, like, so it becomes this, this overthinking kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it's really okay if something becomes a recurring thing that keeps coming back to you, that that's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then just to, again, set that before God and, you know, ask for, uh, for it to be taken away or for it to be gone or to receive that grace for you to be able to accept and move past that. Um, but in a lot of ways, like some of those things, like, especially if it's something that's more deeply traumatic, like you're telling a story that like, we're not, we're probably not going to share like deep trauma stories here. Um, but, uh, but if somebody's dealing with something really, really difficult, it is going to come back and it's probably always going to be in some ways a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's then, um, continuing to, uh, face that in a way and, mm-hmm. um, and also realize, you know, this is not, yes, it's I, part of who you are is maybe too strong. It's part of your story. It's part of your background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but like God is the one who sees who you are and, uh, God truly loves you. We'll get to that in gratitude as well. Wednesday. Yes. Yes. Uh, so then continuing on from confession is, uh, you know, then we share the peace um, in our liturgy. We we share peace with one another. And so Tuesday is the day of um, sharing peace with yourself. So where do you need to make peace with yourself or how might your confession from yesterday lead you to a new way of living today? And I think that is the important thing is that, uh, you know, we don't want to continue to cycle on things, but allow for God to just reveal or, or dip into a new way of living. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to remember what was my sharing peace thing. <laughs> Well, we actually sort of focused on things that were more um, like almost like how can you be kind to yourself today? Like we almost converted this into self-care, which for some, they might need something a little more deep than that, I guess. Like if there's something that they're really like. Yeah. um, Okay. Thank you for saying that, because I think that there's probably some listeners who um, who maybe you just you cannot believe when people tell you about the good things that they see you doing and and you just cannot believe it. I really want to challenge you to, um, to restart, to start receiving it. Like just in like that one thing is you're, you're sharing peace with yourself is to start cracking open some space and receiving and allow your capacity to receive, uh, love and kindness from others. Start with others if you have to, before you can move to the depths of, of receiving it from yourself. It's a journey. It's a process. That's for sure. Right. Like for me, part of like going for a walk, um, mm-hmm. kind of talked about that earlier. Uh, that would be like me receiving peace be with you. And I think sometimes the temptation for me is, oh, I have a lot to do. I don't have time for this. And that's sort of like around self-care practices, Mm-hmm. But then to realize, like, you can follow down that rabbit trail of like, well, what is it that I'm like, you can back up into that confession day and ask mm-hmm. if if I'm always busy and I'm mm-hmm. always like, don't actually have time to like do the self-care or take Sabbath or go for a walk. And like, what am I believing about myself? Like that's. Yeah. Like, I kind of think there's a bigger picture of like, are you living? Are we, I'm not just you, like myself, this is part of this embrace of Sabbath that I'm going through is I think like, 
so my, my, my piece last night was after a session meeting, I'm tired and I am like, Oh God, I have stuff I have to get done. Cause I don't know how I'll fit it in tomorrow. But I was like, I just don't have the capacity. I need to let my body rest and go to sleep. And that was me kind of extending peace and trusting the big piece of the, the, the big piece of the piece was to trust that it's all going to be okay. Um, and if I'm just working myself constantly, cause I definitely have workaholic tendencies, like what kind of life existence actually is that? I don't at all think that that's what God desires for us. God desires so much abundance and full of beautiful things that working ourselves to the point that we never get outside to experience God's gift of nature just seems silly. The other thing around this is not just necessarily self-care, but <laughs> like how are you receiving the the gift that self-care is supposed to give you? So mm-hmm. um, we remember that in the actual liturgy, the passing of the peace is the completion of the rite of reconciliation. So you have confession assurance of forgiveness or assurance of pardon or the receiving of grace. And then, so that's sort of like we confess to God, we receive the forgiveness from God, but then the community then shares the shalom, the peace of Christ with one another as a as a sign of, hey, we've actually like, because we have this gift of reconciliation and we have this gift of forgiveness between God and human beings, we are enabled to do this reconciliation and okay. forgiveness with one another. Um, and this is a sign of it. So, um, but, but it's interesting to think about this when on the self week, right? Because imagine it's like, imagine going to yourself during that <laughs> passing of the peace time and honestly looking yourself in the eye and, and holding out the hand for a handshake. I know it's COVID and we're all worried about that, but you're with yourself. So it's okay. Um, you know, you're, you can shake your own hand or you're giving, you're giving that person an embrace and you're honestly looking at them and saying, may the peace of Christ be with you. Mm-hmm. And what does that actually mean? And what is that a sign of? And are you able to give that to yourself and receive that from yourself? It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. You know, it really, it really, really is. I, I hadn't thought of it in quite that slant and I, I appreciate it. And I actually feel like this moves so beautifully into being in a space of gratitude yeah. for who you are. So I want to read this one out very deliberately. And I wish that I could look every listener in the eye to say this. Uh, take time to be grateful for who you really are. And I want to put a pause in here, not who you believe you've been or who the world tells you that you have to be or all the other things, but take time to be grateful for who you are, who you really are. You are beloved by God, beautifully created and gifted. Resist moving into gratitude for others or for circumstances. It's far easier to focus on others here. Keep coming back to you are beloved and beautifully created and gifted. Receive gratitude for yourself as a gift. Say thank you to God for who you are. And I want to remind us that we are created in God's image. And so I think to not receive ourselves and have gratitude for ourselves is in a way to not receive gratitude and to, to say somehow some part of God is not okay. I'm going to, I'm going to boldly say that because, um, I think if we continue to move into a space of gratitude for who we are, 
Uh, and, and I want to encourage our listeners, Matt preached a sermon ooh, three weeks back um, that pff, so profound and everybody needs to hear it. I need to start sharing it everywhere. Um, but about stepping into the fullness of who we are created, this is exactly that. Um, if we all can do that, I just think it's going to be so much of a more beautiful existence for everybody. Um, we need a lot more beauty in this world. So start with ourselves. I actually think this is a super tough practice too, because of this uh, moving into gratitude for uh, circumstances. It might be quite easy to resist um, uh, gratitude for others, but we are, we are conditioned, I think, to, to say thank you for all kinds of things. And those are good things. We should, we should totally do that at other times. This is why we've got like a five week practice and not (laughs) not self week every week. Um, So, but on this particular day, I think it's really hard because we're, we're also focused on like things that we do as well. So even like, we might think we're getting close to this and then we still are focused on like, I'm thankful for something that I have or something that I do or accomplish or an opportunity that is before me or whatever it is, rather than like the core of who we are. So I think something that's challenging. Absolutely it is. And, and, and I think a helpful thing that we were talking about with our small group beforehand was like thinking back to a, a, a truth type of a compliment, not just for like, oh, you know, you did such a great job on that prayer, but like, man, the way that you showed up and cared for this person and really sought after their needs, that was a really beautiful thing I saw within you. Like, so those types of little things um, to pay attention to, I think that can help us to start to find gratitude for who we are and even just discover like, who really are we? Because it's so easy to deflect those kind of things, you know? Right. Right. All right. So communion day. Communion with yourself might seem like a strange concept. This is the practice of solitude. Take intentional time alone to connect more deeply with yourself. Think about your needs, desires, hopes, and dreams. How might engaging more deeply here lead to a rich connection with all of life? How might your life be more rich and full? Bring your thoughts about this to God and seek God's wisdom. You may wish to journal some of your thoughts. Uh, So I want to pick on the word desire. Um, I picked up a planner, the the desire map planner, and it it has within that daily practices of paying attention to like, what is my core desire feelings? So Uh, one that I recently wrote down, um, was that I want to have more abundance, a feeling of abundance. So then that helps me shape about how I, um, you know, do things in my household. So cutting out TV time so that we are more abundantly together having fun. Um, another one is I really have a deep desire for our house to have this space of calm. And it's not to say that there's not going to be dynamic activity, but that there's a sense of calm. So I, I, this is a really, really new one for me. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but I have actually, it felt really strange when I first started dealing with these practices of like, well, what's a core desired feeling that I actually have. Um, but now I'm starting to like get into the rhythm of that. Now, if you've got needs that are like, wow, I need to know how I'm going to provide for, 
you know, food or shelter, like those are really challenging things. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, bypass that. Um, but I don't know, are these things that people are still thinking about when we were kids, like go back to your childhood. What, what was your hopes and dreams? What did you desire for your future to look like? Is it remotely what we're existing in right now? Is there a longing that we have to be living those dreams that we had as kids? How do we start to bridge that? And I think this is where we can uh, seek God's wisdom about, you know, faithful next steps that we could take to kind of get there. Yeah, I actually, I'm just kind of looking ahead again and, and kind of mentioned intercession before, because the next day is going to be, an, I, I like everything you just said, Jen, on on communion. I'm not meaning to move past that, but I am thinking about, it's interesting to see the connection between desire in communion mm-hmm. in the communion section and actually being honest about like, well, what, like, what is it that I really want? Um, and then the question of what do you really need on the intercession day? I just think mm-hmm. there's a kind of an inter- interesting interplay because I think again, traditionally we might've, we might say, well, desire and want is bad. Yep. And and you should just figure out what you really need and and pray for pray for that. Like only like, you know. Oh, you know, I'm really tired of like this small type of living. We're we're meant for so much more friends. Yep. And I love it, Matt. As soon as you went forward with intercession, I knew exactly where you were going. Um and I I really also love that interplay between the two. And I want to comment, like what a beautiful thing that liturgy is. It is structured in a way that there is a beautiful flow through all of it. It is meant to build on top of each other and this is why I think it can be so rich and robust to engage in worship that has these types of rituals within them. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. So I think desire, like there's some things that like in Christian communities, a lot of time desires got a bad rap. Oh, such um, a taboo word. And then there's a bit of a resurgence of it in culture and community and in some Christian circles as well. And I think it's a good thing to look at. Um and and I think we do need I think we do need to go there. I think there are times again, this is what's good about the liturgy and good about the tradition because it uh, there's a there's things that get held in tension and then there's things that get checked by the other thing. So desire is not necessarily bad, right? But that doesn't mean there aren't um like there can be desires that that are destructive, right? Exactly. And so, and so we need to hold those in check, but it doesn't mean that some of the things when you explore more deeply what what you really do want in your life or out of life or for your family, um, a lot of those might be actually beautiful and good and pure. And so so there's there's checks built in to the tradition to be able to say, no, like there's some things that really are like off limits here. Like you can't just have whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. There's like the common good in play. Exactly. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that about this as well as to say, and in some cases, like the things that we really desire are also held in check by the things that we really need. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of interesting to see how those things connect to one another. And this is building off of starting with actually encountering yourself. And like I said, the in- in- enmeshment that is, you know, we are totally entangled with who God is. 
And so I think that God, you know, those desires are going to be like, it doesn't say somewhere like God will give you all the desires of your heart, but our hearts have to be centered on Christ. Our hearts have to be centered on the, on the love of God. And then everything is going to pour out from that. And it's, that's how we change the world. Yeah. And that's how then leading into changing the world, that's a blessing, right? Is, is, um, you know, what blessing have you received this week and how might this blessing lead to being in a better position to bless others? I want abundance in my life so that we can also abundantly bless others, mm-hmm. that we but can carry that joy out. Something I like about what you're talking about with desire too is I think actually if you're having trouble with that one, I, I know I'm going back to that now, but That's if fair. you're having trouble with that, I think you can try to tap into what is the desire behind the desire. So yes. like if you take a really trivial example, like um, it, my family have taken a bunch of Disney vacations in the past and we will likely, I'll say this on air, <laughs> we'll likely take another one in the future. Uh, we really enjoy them. That's great. We can say, I could say my desire is to go to Disney World again. Like that's, that's, my, that's my core desire is to go to Disney World. Well, mm-hmm. we all know that that's actually not my core desire, right? Like, no. Right. But what are the eight things that are behind it? Right. But if that's your starting place, then you could say, well, what is that? Like, do do I want to go to Disney World alone? No, I want to see like the joy on my daughter's face. Um, I want a time with my family. Um, And so you can very quickly then like get behind what you really want. Right. Absolutely the joy of making all the plans to have it all come together. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, plans. I know you I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The talking with your siblings about those things, like right. there's so much joy when we tap into like, what are our core desires? This is what I'm finding over the past, well, since the beginning of the year, um, the joy that comes from it, it just, it really has been um, abundant and yet super gentle. It's, right. it's just a very interesting, um, not quite tension, but it's an interesting dichotomy, I guess, of, of what I'm experiencing with this practice. Yeah. And I just, I absolutely love, 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 love this idea of, ha- of growing our capacity to receive blessing, to receive love for ourselves. And especially with this intention of that, we carry that through. And I think like, we got to get back to the basics of recognizing that like, we impact whomever we are around. That can be a good impact or a negative impact, or it can be a neutral impact. My hope is that we're all going to seek for it to be a good impact. If we're all doing good things, then like, great, right? We're just going to see all sorts of good stuff. (sighs) That's great. That brings us to the end of the week on self and, um, we are almost wrapped up with this little series that we're doing around our liturgy for life resource. We have uh, week five to come. And so if you are uh, participating in this, we would love for you to reach out and get in touch with us. Um, a bunch of you have downloaded the resource, which we're really thrilled about. So you've got my email address. You can always just email me and uh, get in touch that way. And I just want to comment again about the overall flow of things because we are looking at week five is, is moving again from like self to everyone and others. It's really a global encompassing of, of creation and everything. So, um, yeah, 
there's just a really cool overarching sequence to this that I think has been really fruitful. Um, so please do reach out, get in touch with us, let us know your experiences and, um, yeah, it'll be really great. And we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening today, everybody.